coffee and let's go down to, wow, that, that looks really nice, BJ, behind you. Beautiful Miami <laughs> Beach, Florida, where I have former heavyweight and cruiserweight contender, now trainer to the stars, BJ Flores on. BJ, uh, I would ask how you doing, but I think I can tell already without even asking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Everything's going great, man. Just uh, just enjoying a little downtime and uh, just reflecting on the last year and just trying to figure out what we can do this year to be to be even better than last year. So, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Just enjoying some downtime, but it's uh, already looking forward to 2022. I tell you what, every time we bring you on, you always you always bring something beside you. Last time you brought an adult film star, now you're bringing a beautiful view of, of Miami. <laughs> So, uh, BJ, uh, how's everything going? And we're we're gonna we're gonna hit a few boxing topics. We're gonna yeah. start with the we're gonna start with the fight tomorrow night. Uh, Keith Thurman, Mario Barrios yep. getting it on. Um, what's being overshadowed about this fight, or I guess, are two things: uh, is a the fights on pay per view, and b the the cost of seventy four ninety five for this. Before we get into the fights, uh, you know, you Keith hasn't fought in three years. Barrios, you know, is coming off the knockout loss to Javante Davis. It, Talk about that. I know you obviously you're in tune of the business of boxing. Is this a pay per view fight in your opinion? Uh, no, it's not. But you know, I guess I was reading today on what the Fox model, what it kind of looks like, and you know, compared to what it used to look like and the amount of dates and how they're able to get the fighters opportunities to fight. And uh, it sounds like this was the only way to make it happen was to put it on pay per view. So I'm all for fighters getting opportunities to fight um, more chances, even if it's on pay per view, even if it, it sounds a little steep to the to the public, which it does. You know, it's, uh, it's if you look at the market value based on what a pay-per-view fight has been, this doesn't really qualify for one. But with that being said, it's still, uh, you know, it's a fight with a former uh, welterweight world champion, Keith Thurman, a former 140-pound uh, champion, and Mario Barrios. And it, it's still a good fight. Um, I don't know if I'm going to tune in and, and buy it or not, but uh, I might. If I'm, if I'm a little bored tomorrow night, I, I definitely will. So it's still got a lot of talent. I'm buying it. Don't tell anyone, but I'm buying it. But here's the thing, you know what? Maybe the price is a little steep, but remember a few years ago, Top Rank, they used to run these little Latin Fury and pa- uh, pay-per-views. They put four four quality fights on there. Maybe not the biggest name value, maybe not world title fights, but you know, it, it's a chance. You know, I know it's a little bit tougher now with, with, with the COVID situation to have the guys over. We'll watch four entertaining fights and, you know, you, you, you have a nice Saturday night out of it. I mean, I agree. I'm, 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 like I said, it's not, um, you know, it's not heavyweights. Uh, you know, obviously, whatever heavyweight fights are going on, the, the championship fights, I'm going to buy those. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's you got a guy coming back off a long layoff, but he had a great performance against Manny Pacquiao. Um, don't count that out. Um, he definitely did. And the guy was a 147-pound world champion, a guy who was in discussions to be, uh, you know, a, a big-name opponent for, uh, for Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, um, a guy who's been inactive lately, a guy who's a little older now, a guy who's got, you know, a little bit of pressure on him, but I still I like the fight. Um, I think I think Barrios is 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 in over his head. I don't care how long the layoff is. This isn't a 135 pound or 140 pound guy, uh, trial horse guy. This is Keith Thurman. He's still very dangerous. And just because you lose one fight, very close fight to Manny Pacquiao, Keith just started a little slow, and that was based on experience and everything. Um, that doesn't mean he's uh, he, he's not a good fighter anymore. So I'm looking forward to you know to seeing Keith back in action and seeing what he uh, what he brings to the table tomorrow night. I, I was talking with the, our good friend Ray Flores, um, no relation, by the way, um, a couple a, a couple of days ago, and he brought up a good point. But he brought the old Larry Merchant line: "Are we going to see the old Keith Thurman or an old Keith Thurman?" <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's why we got to tune in and check it out. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, Barrios is going to have a lot of those advantages that he has over other guys at 140. He's fighting a real 147 pounder now, and this is a massive step up. 
Um, if I'm his management team, I'm not crazy about this fight. I'm not crazy about this move. I think Thurman's uh, the way, way, way harder puncher. I think Thurman's a better boxer. I think Thurman's got him in every single category. And I think it's going to be a rough night for Barrios tomorrow night, even though he's a tough kid. Uh, standing in the trenches and um, you know trying to trade with Thurman is going to lead to a very short night for Mario Barrios. I know you've spent, uh, we'll get back to that uh, fight in a sec. I know you've spent a lot of time in Phoenix, a lot of Phoenix flavor on, on the card. you got Abel Ramos. Who's Carlos fighting Castro. Fight. Carlos Castro, Keenan Carbajal fighting uh, uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, what do you, I, I know you, you probably, you probably saw these kids as babies because I know you spent a lot of time out in Phoenix. Yeah, I did. They fought on some of my undercards, you know, three and four years ago, but Carlos Castro is, look, he's, he's, he's undefeated. He's got a lot of wins. He's still looking for that name win, that, that name on his resume that's going to kind of put him over the top. And uh, he's a good, basic, fundamental boxer. Um, I don't know if he's got the, the, the firepower to stand in there with some of those top guys in his division. A lot of rough guys in there, but uh, he's a good boxer. And he's an exciting product, a prospect, and he's going to make for a good fight. But uh, I don't know if he's got what it takes to beat the champions at his weight, but he's, 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 uh, he's a good, sharp, um, fundamental boxer. He's got good fundamentals. I see him with the win fighting a, a Danny Roman, a, a Stephen Fulton, a um, Stephen Fulton, and Brandon Figueroa type of guy. He'll be, you know, he's fighting Nary, who who hasn't looked the same at 122 pounds. Is a I think BJ's BJ's I think running for mayor of Miami. I think was, you, you want to show us the whole city, don't you? No, I just had to move. It's too bright over there. <laughs> Uh, so a, a good a good pay per view show. It's gonna be, I think it's definitely gonna be an entertaining show tomorrow. You know, four fights. Got the two fights on Fox uh, starting at seven p.m. Eastern time. Uh, um, should, should be an, a, a, an excellent uh, show tomorrow night. Uh, good, just announced a couple weeks later, March nineteenth, at, at the new. Uh, I have a tough time saying it's the Crypto.com Center in Los Angeles, the old Staples Center. Terrific rematch of a great first fight, Jamal Charlo and Brian Castaño. BJ, that was a great fight they had down in Texas uh, last year. Uh, what do you expect in the rematch? You know, Castaño really surprised me. I know he was tough. He had a draw with uh, with uh, the Cuban kid, Merslande um, Laura. He surprised me in that fight, and he surprised me even more in the Charlo fight. Um, he showed a lot of guts. He showed a lot of determination. He's a very, very good pressure fighter. He's one of those guys that can – you can't have any. You can't have any lapses in concentration for a second against a guy like like Castanio. He's very dangerous. He comes with a lot of good combinations, with a lot of good punches, and he's a he's a dangerous guy. I knew Charlo was very good. I knew Charlo was 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 a great boxer, very strong, very powerful. Um, not so like an athletic boxer, but just like a strong, powerful, nuts and bolts, very good good athlete. And uh, I was surprised by what Castanio was able to do with him. I was I thought I thought it was going to be uh, more one sided than that. And to be honest with you, I had Castanio slightly ahead. Um, I, I, I think I have a... Charlo being the champion, but I had Castaño slightly ahead. I think it was seven five is how I had it scored, and uh, it was a hell of a fight. So I'm excited these guys are going to run it back. Yeah, I'm excited for that fight as well. It should be should be a terrific fight. Uh, yes. March nineteenth uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, get to the big boys here. Uh, last week, 43, 40, 43 million dollar, forty one million dollar purse bid. Uh, for Tyson Fury, uh, you know, when you're dealing with that much money, what's, what's a couple million dollars? Tyson Fury and Dillian White um, uh, get or get, get it on. Looks like April 23rd in Wales uh, should be a, should be an interesting fight. I, I I've, I've already gone on record saying if, if Tyson Fury isn't on his game, Dillian White can he can punch and yeah. you know with, with, he can really punch and. You know, I think Fury needs to be on his game. He can't be looking about it, uh, forward to Usyk. He can't be looking back to, you know, and resting on his laurels, the fight against Deontay Wilder. So I, I think this is going to be a really good fight and I think a pretty good promotion leading up to it. 
This is Mark. This you, you touched on it very well. This is one of those situations where when Tyson Fury's fought Deontay Wilder three times, and then he goes to Dillian White, who's supposedly not as good. Look, this is a this is a very tough matchup. In heavyweight boxing, anybody can land a punch and win on any night. Dillian White's a rough, rugged guy. Look at his wins over Oscar Rivas. Look at his wins over Joseph Parker, over uh, Alexander Povetkin after Povetkin knocked him out. I mean, this guy's got three good wins in a row. Um, and, and you know what? With a guy like Tyson Fury, you can't outbox Tyson Fury. You're not going to beat him on the outside. It's going to take a rough, rugged type of almost like an international style in the amateurs, those rough guys that come forward and make it make it tough with those wide swinging shots like like Dillian White's actually really good at. You look at his power hand, his left hook, it's very hard. He shoots overhand rights and left hooks. He's going to give Tyson Fury some problems. It's one of those fights where Tyson Fury's got to be sharp every round. And uh, I don't feel like Dillian White has as much risk of being KO'd as Tyson Fury does. Now, with that being said, um, you know, Dillian White's going to have to constantly press forward to have any shot to get close to Tyson because Tyson's an expert at range. He's an expert at, at distance and controlling all those things and making sure that Tyson fights on his terms. But uh, he's got to be careful. Dillian White's a real, he's a real contender. He's a real puncher. He's got a great chin. And he's going to be around. So it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to that fight. Do fighters, let me ask you this. Obviously, they were, I, I mean, just from reading through things, it seemed like they were close to making the Usyk fight with Fury. And then, you know, the purse bid, you know, no, no, the step aside didn't happen. Do fighters, can, can they let down, you know, in terms of mentally letting down, thinking he's going to fight for the undisputed championship and now – he, he may have in his mind, well, I guess I have to make this mandatory. I mean, in terms of kind of let, letting down psychologically, uh, do fighters go through that? Or once training camp starts, he, he's going to be a completely focused on, on the job at hand in Dillian White. I mean, are you, ta- are you, are you talking about Tyson Fury? Correct, I mean, I like, correct. I, I feel like he's going to be – I didn't know if you're talking about Usek or Joshua. we no, well, a great heavyweight situation right now. It's really exciting. So um, I'm excited about all of it. But – um, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, fighters for sure, it's, it's a let, you can be let down. You could think you're going to fight one guy and be excited for it, and then all of a sudden, nope, you're not fighting him. Um, it didn't work out. Now you're going to fight another guy. It is a little bit of an emotional blow, depending on how Tyson Fury felt personally about who he wanted to fight. Yeah, you could, you could, definitely, you could definitely make an argument there. So um, I just feel like, you know, Tyson Fury, um, he, he's, he's showed he's the goods. He's got to be as, at his best for a guy like Dillian White. This is Dillian White's probably – final chance. I mean, the guy's been in line as a mandatory for, I think, almost four years now, and uh, he's going to be coming. He's going to be bringing everything he's got, but I just don't think he's got enough to be able to to find Tyson. Um, but this is heavyweight boxing, so anything can happen, and it's uh, it's just one of those fights where, uh, you know, I feel like once Tyson checks into camp, he will be on his A game, and he will be up for it. He knows Dillian White's a serious challenge, and I feel like Dillian White, uh, uh, you know, he knows what Tyson is, so th- I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm really excited about it. The following week uh, in Madison Square Garden on on April thirtieth, uh, they actually just sent out a they just sent out a note on Twitter that the uh, Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano is the second biggest presale of boxing in the history of, of, of Madison Square Garden boxing. Uh, this fight is a, you know we use the term about you know big fights or fighters on their way up capturing the ma- the imagination of the public. Seems like th- this one is caught on. It has, um, you know, Katie Taylor, obviously 20 and 0 world champion, um, a star over in the UK and Amanda Serrano, a multi weight division world champion, a massive puncher from Puerto Rico fighting in New York. Um, you know, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, historically a lot of Puerto Rican fans out there. And then, you know, you throw in the massive X factor, Jake Paul, you know, anytime Jake Paul's involved in anything, it's going to be a massive event. And, uh, when Jake put, put his stamp of approval on this fight, and said, look, this is the fight to make. I want to make the best fights. I want my fighter to get the, 
the best opportunity to make the most money to fight the best fighters out there and and fulfill every dream she's ever had for her career then, then when jake signs off on it man it's game over i told you a long time ago this kid has the x factor he's got what it takes to, to succeed to thrive in any type of business he does and uh, it's going to take off and eddie hearns caught fire with it too he's really pushing it hard and uh you got jake pushing it and nikisa Badarian, they're all pushing it and it's just going to be a massive event and uh i think it's you know it's going to make it's going to make history in women's boxing it is this isn't just another fight on a Friday or a Saturday night, this is the best two female fighters going against each other, um, trying to, they've been calling each other out for a long time, and it's a pay-per-view event on, at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's unbelievable. So it's uh, it's something to get excited about, and I'll definitely be there. Yeah, and it's going to be live on the zone. I think it's going to be live on the zone, if I'm not mistaken, here in the United right, States, zone, correct? Yeah, you're right, yeah. So, but yeah, and you know, like I said, they're already loading up the undercard. They got Jesse Vargas fighting Liam Smith. They just added another undisputed women's title fight between Franchon Cruz Desern and Elon Sidarusa. Who, who do you like in the fight? I mean, we, we talked about all the business and capturing the imagination of the public. Who do you like in the fight? I mean, if you look at, if, if we break it down and look at the nuts and bolts of, you know, Katie Taylor, 20 and 0 with six knockouts, and we compare that to Amanda's resume, Amanda coming from 125, 130, 135, it's going to be different for her at 135. She's not punching quite the same at 135 that she is at 130 and 125, but she's still the bigger puncher in this fight. She is. She uh, she knows how to go to the body. Um, I think Katie's age. She's getting older. Um, she's got great hand speed. She's got great movement. She's got great ability. But I just feel like the punching power of Amanda, the determination, and if she's able to cut the ring off effectively and go to the body and finish up top and go to the body and finish up top, I think I think Katie Taylor's in for a long night. And I think I, uh, I also Katie Taylor's got to fight a perfect fight because I think Amanda can hurt her with any shot. And it's one of those situations where she's going to have to be sharp for all 10 rounds if she wants to, to, to leave April 30th with a victory. Because I think I, Amanda's very, very hungry for this fight. She's got a chip on her shoulder, and she wants to prove everybody wrong that she's been the best the entire time, and she's ready to get in there. And uh, I feel like, you know, Katie, um, I've, I've watched three or four of her fights this last week, and when she's on the front foot and she's coming forward, man, she's, she's very tough to beat. She's unstoppable. But if you look at her other fights, when she fought Pursun, two times, the Belgian lady who backed her up and continually pushed her on the back foot, she struggled Pursun. a lot. And sometimes with these good amateur fighters like that, you throw all the boxing stuff out the window and you just make it a fight. And that's what Pursun did. And I feel like that's the kind of strategy that uh, Amanda will have coming into this. And I think it's going to be a tough night for Katie. I, I agree with you. I mean, I've, I've watched Amanda Serrano basically since she turned pro. I used to broadcast yeah. a lot of her fights on, on the late Go Fight Live uh, network <laughs> years and years ago. And when, when I saw her fight, you know, as a younger fighter, I, I she was very aggressive and she was starching these girls. And I can yeah. see uh, I can see uh, I don't know if she's going to starch. Katie, but I think she's going to get the better of the action on April 30th. Uh, Segwaying. She's very, she very dangerous. Yes, Segwaying, uh, the same night, uh, most likely in Las Vegas, hasn't been announced yet officially. And uh, Joe Markowski, who's the, the the big guy over at the zone, already said that he will make sure that the fights will not uh, overlap each other. Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, this is going to be an interesting fight. I, I, I believe this fight, remember years ago when Floyd Mayweather was uh, – you know, he, he was a great young fighter, and then that Diego Corrales fight kind of made put him on that next level. This is that fight. This is that fight for Shakur Stevenson. We know he's like a great. We, we we know he's a great talent, but he hasn't had that real, you know, beat the shit out of some guy moment. This could be it on April thirtieth. He need, he needs a good name on his resume. To be honest with you, like it's it's tough to 
to be it's it's tough to keep track of some of those guys you know 122 and 126 and 130 and as they move up they're they're in and out of the division so quick they're not there for a long time and you know Floyd Mayweather was kind of a throwback because he didn't go anywhere till he won his first world title at 130 he started at 130 and stayed all the way there till he won the title and then I, I feel like he won uh, he defended it a couple times then he went to 135 and he fought um you know he fought Jose Luis Castillo but you got guys checking in and out of these these weight brackets so so quick and Oscar Valdez he's a name that you know, um, Shakur yeah. Stevenson can really, you know, he can, he can make some headways. But I'll say this, like, it's a great fight. It's a very good fight that people are excited to see. But they they, they better switch the, the, the time slots to make sure it works because it's not going to sell compared to no Amanda and Katie Taylor. No, they were, Joe Markowski they already. It's not going to sell. So um, they're smart to switch those switch those time slots because, like I said, it's it, they're not going to get any action unless they do. At, at the press conference, Joe Markowski already said we will not overlap with that fight. So that's that, that's great for all boxing fans that Smart. night. A, a, April 30th uh, looks to be a, an unbelievable night in, in the sport of boxing. A uh, couple more questions for you. Yeah. This is actually a two-part question. Who will, Canelo, who will Canelo fight, and who do you want him to fight? I don't know. I mean, Canelo's pretty much fought everybody. It's tough to, to you know, to really fault him or say who he should fight or – who, what, what he's got next. I feel like he should fight whoever he wants. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of earned that and whatever makes sense for him financially, whatever the biggest opportunity is for him, that's what he should take. Um, you know, at 168, I don't know if there's any names out there uh, that really, that really makes sense. You know, David Benavidez obviously is a dangerous, dangerous guy, but he just doesn't have the resume. Like Can he's, he'll give Canelo his toughest fight. No question about it. He will. But just, does he have the resume to sell? Is the risk versus reward worth it for Canelo based on what Benavidez has done lately? I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I think there's a lot of big names out there for Canelo, and he's 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 kind of earned the right to do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, uh, if you believe what you read, there's you know the kind of two options that you're hearing about. If he wants to do another fight with uh, the PBC, uh, Jamal yeah. Charlo, or you know Eddie Hearn allegedly is offering him a two fight deal, which will start with Dimitri Bivol, so he can you know pick off a title at 175 and then come that's back down. Tough, that's a tough fight, though, Mark. That's not just a fight where he's got to pick off a title like some guy who's who can't fight. That's a very tough fight. Beeble's very good, and he's he really hasn't been – he really hasn't even really lost too many rounds since he's been a pro. He really has. He's very, very good. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're doing an interview or, or taping an episode of Cribs here. No, I'm just trying to find <laughs> where the sunlight's better. There we go. Like, well, you're, you're taking us all around the house like like, like, like we're on Cribs or something. <laughs> um, so – and then, well, well just, to, just to finish the point about that um, – it would be a two-fight deal with Beevil plus uh, the third trilogy fight with uh, Gennady Golovkin. I mean, that's a fight to me that doesn't – I mean, it doesn't really do much for me now. I think Canelo beats him easy now. Golovkin's been inactive. Um, he hasn't been active lately. He's almost 40 years old now, I think. It's just not a fight that's going to go well for Golovkin. I feel like that's – you know, if I'm Golovkin's team, I'm – you know, obviously for financial reasons they're going to want that fight, but that's not a fight he can win, I don't feel like. Um, he hasn't been active enough, even when he was at his best, um, you know, four years ago and Canelo was still trying to improve and getting better. He still wasn't able to do enough to win on the judges scorecards, even though the first fight I had him, I had him slightly winning, but the second fight was different. And now this time I think it'll be a lot different. So I don't think that makes sense for Golovkin, but if he wants it, Hey, it's his career. He can do whatever he wants, but, uh, that's not a fight. I would be too excited to see, um, especially after the second one, like what, three years ago, the bill will fight. That's an interesting fight. People don't know who he is though. They really don't. And I feel like the David Benavidez is a lot more entertaining, fan-friendly type of fight. Um, I know David. He's, he's hungry for the fight. He wants it badly. And he, he, uh, you know, he feels like he's done everything he can to deserve it. But um, just if you, look at, if you look at the resume, like I said, 
it's tough for Canelo to look at David and be like, look, this is the guy for sure, 100 percent. Of course, David's in the in the conversation, no question, but it's not clear cut. And and, and David's a David's a worker, man. David's a tough, tough fight for anybody. And I think Canelo's team knows that. And just the like I said, the risk versus reward, I just don't know if it makes sense. How about Jamal Charlo? What, what do you think of a, a potential fight with that? Jamal Charlo with Canelo, I mean, that's a great fight too. I mean, Jamal Charlo's resume is a little it's he's been around a little longer than David. He's he's got some good names, but again. He doesn't have, um, you know, he doesn't have a name like like anything close to Canelo. Well, I, well, 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 I think, well, I think he's got a bigger name than, than Bevel and maybe even Benavides because you know him and his brother they're they're, they're pretty outspoken guys and uh, he does. he's a guy with with a little bit more of the cachet, but he doesn't may not have the resume of a Bevel or yeah. a uh, David even David Benavides. Yeah, it's 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 one of those situations where I feel like it's good matchmaking because he's got a great resume at one sixty. Um, you know, he had a good resume at that weight, but now at 168, he doesn't have the resume at 168. Um, so, but but he himself, Charlo's a big name himself, and he's a very powerful, very strong fighter. He's made leaps and bounds improvement with Ronnie Shields. Ronnie's got him boxing very well. He's sharp. He's uh, very technical. I mean, I like him as a fighter. I love him. He, he, he's, he's a hard worker. He's always, you know, working. He's, he's, a, he's a great performer. He's always going for the knockout. I love Charlo. I think it's a great fight. I think Benavides is a great fight too. I just, like I said, if you put them down on paper and you compare the two names next to each other, and compare the resumes, you know, maybe it's Charlo. But uh, Benavides, in my opinion, is is the tougher fight. But they're both very tough fights, and you got to give Canelo credit for either guy he faces. They're both very good. Well, knowing Canelo, maybe we'll get a fight with you know all these guys. Yeah. You know, and I know there was talk about him fighting uh, Makabu, a cruiserweight. Makabu, in my opinion, got a. Got a, yeah. got a got he he got a nice decision last week, but we'll just we'll we'll, we'll put it that it, it, it's weird. I I I I was watching that fight and trying to figure can Canelo would annihilate this guy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you but, figure in those extra thirty pounds, and it's just uh, it makes everything interesting. You know, it really does. Um, you know, Canelo coming in fifteen or twenty pounds bigger. Does he have the same speed? No. Um, is he able to take the power? Does he sit in the trenches more? Yes, he will. Um, is he able to take the power? I don't know. Probably, but who knows? I mean, there's some questions when you go up 30 pounds and wait. From going 168 to 78 to 88, he'll put Canelo would probably come in about 85 to 90, I would say. Yeah. You know, anytime you add 15 or 20 pounds on a, on a, on a body um, and then expect that body to fight for 12 rounds again the same way, it's, just, it's unrealistic. It, uh, it takes time. Um, that's, you know. You had 15 pounds on. That's about you know 10% of his body weight. That's a lot. So um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting fight. Uh, I would love to see that fight. I think it's a great fight. Uh, Makabu obviously doesn't have the name like Charlo has and like uh, like uh, David Benavides has, but he's a he's a he's a dangerous guy cruiserweight. But he's uh, he's obviously on the back end of his career now. Got a guy, Chris Conley, wants to know what gym you're training at. What gym? I know you, you. What gym? What gym are you training at? Are you you guys you guys train. Yeah, you we guys drink down Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, uh, but he, but he, but Chris, he's living the high life in Miami. That's that's right now. So, uh, uh, so I guess it's a good segue into what, what what you you got going on. Obviously, you've done a a hell of a job with Paul and the the improvement that he keeps making, coming off the explosive starching win against uh, uh, Tyron Woodley in the rematch. Uh, you know, we really haven't heard much from you in the last few weeks since the fight. Uh, talk about that. I mean, how do you feel about Jake's performance? Uh, you know, Jake just always every fight going, and he's got a tremendous amount of pressure on him because in his fifth pro fight, he's fighting in front of 20,000 people. He's fighting on Showtime pay-per-view. 
He's fighting against the world champion in another division. I don't care if he's a boxer or not. He's still a very, very tough, tough guy and a very strong guy and an explosive guy. So the way that Jake is able to handle the pressure um, every time and be able to, you know, just diligently work every day and be so detailed on a schedule, it's just, it's very impressive. Um, the kid comes to work every single day. The one thing that people don't talk about because they don't know is he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of ability. He does. He's got a lot of raw talent. He's got power. He's got speed. Um, he works his ass off. He's very, uh, he's very technical. His fundamentals are getting better every single time. He's not there yet, but he's, he's getting there. And uh, he's learning how to behave like a professional um, in rounds four, five, six, and seven when the going gets tough and things aren't going exactly his way. The kid's got a headbutt by an intentional elbow, not even a punch. So, um, you know, something besides a punch caused a headbutt, blood all over the place, bleeding into his eye. I mean, this is the kid's fifth pro fight, and he's fighting in front of 20,000 people on Showtime pay-per-view. Just the, the nerves on this guy, you can't even it's, – it's unexplainable. So the way he's able to hold himself uh, together under fire, under pressure – um, we say it in camp all the time, you know, pressure makes diamonds. Um, it, it does. No pressure, no diamond. The kid deals with pressure like nobody I've ever seen, and it's just uh, it's really fun to be a part of. So um, he's going to get a lot better, too. And uh, it, it, it's being being a part of the whole process has been very fun. And I could share something now that I really haven't shared with many people. Long before, I didn't even know who Jake Paul was until you sent me a video of this blonde-haired kid training in the gym. Yeah. And you said, you, you said, Mark, what do you think of this kid? I said, he's okay, you know. I would, you never would have known that he was a quote novice, you know, a novice boxer. And, you know, he's making progress. Is he going to fight? I mean, I, th I think the problem people have, they're trying to compare him to Canelo or Keith Thurman or some of the, you know, some of the other fighters that we've been talking about over the last 20 plus minutes. He, he's bringing some excitement. Obviously, he, he, he has a lot of different hats he's wearing inside of boxing. He's helping with this major event happening with Amanda Serrano and, and Katie Taylor. So I, I think a guy like Jake Paul, he, he, he's good for the sport. I mean, I, I really yeah. believe in it. I think that you guys with the – obviously, he's, bit, you know, he's very business savvy and marketing savvy. And the, and, the, and the job that you guys and you and Jacob and the rest of your team have done with him for inside the ring, it, it, it's been really good. I mean, you can say you want about Tyrone, Tyron Woodley, whether he's, you know, past his prime, whatever. He was he was still a badass professional fighter at one time. So uh, it, it takes some – I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do that and to, to jump in the ring with them. Um, where, where do you see him next? I mean, I don't know what you can or cannot say, but is Tommy Fury out of the picture? Is he back in the picture? What do you want to see uh, maybe next over the next maybe two or three fights? I mean, if the name's being mentioned, I feel like Tommy Fury is the easiest fight of all of them. It doesn't matter who. Like, But, you know, I don't think Jake, Jake wants to give him another opportunity. I mean, Tommy really, uh, you know, did, did, did talk his, his best game and in which was decent promotion for the fight. But then once, you know, we got two weeks out, uh, whether he's really injured or not, I don't know. But uh, it's just like it really it really kind of sung Jake that he wasn't going to get the opportunity. We've, we've been working every day in camp strictly and specifically for Tommy Fury. And once we got the news that he was pulling out, I wasn't really surprised, to be honest with you. I was just like, okay, like what are we going to, you know. So it was just an emotional letdown. But, uh, you know, that, that's kind of on Jake. You know, Jake's, Jake's the only one who could really answer that question if he wants to give Tommy another opportunity or not. Um, I think it's a, it's, I'm not going to say an easy fight, but compared to other names that I've been hearing, it's for sure the easiest fight. And uh, that's the thing you've got to also respect about Jake is every fight he's in, it's a close to an even money fight or he's slightly the favorite or he's slightly the underdog with every opponent he's taken. And, you know, I don't know how you just, I, I don't know how you can't take your head off of that. You just said you, you still feel that there's so much improvement still to go in Jake Paul. Where do you think he's at percentage-wise? Have we seen 30%, 50% of what you think he can max out to be? Uh, 
no, he's, he's more than that. But I feel like just doing it under the lights and doing it over and over again, repeating yourself and feeling more comfortable, more comfortable, more confident. I feel like there's a lot to be said for that um, in, in being a professional. And that's why I feel like he's got a massive, massive advantage over Tommy Fury. He's already done the two big 20,000 stadiums full of crowd, uh, full of people screaming his name. He's already had two walkouts. He already had two buildups. He's already, I don't care what Tommy says. I don't care how well Tommy handles pressure until he gets in that moment. He has no idea what uh, is about to be upon him. And I feel like it's a big, big advantage for Jake. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys being mentioned, they've been in situations like that before, maybe not quite as extreme, but they've been there before and they've got way more experience. So I just feel like, uh, you know, with more time, with more opportunities, with more fights that Jake will only get better, he'll, he'll season himself better. He'll learn how to relax better. And uh, you still haven't seen the best of him at all. Like, um, you know, being able to do it in the gym and doing it underneath the lights in front of 20,000 people on pay-per-view is completely different. And Jake's seeing that now. And he's learning that what he needs to do to really be able to calm himself down and really to be able to perform to the best of his ability when that opportunity, when he's got that opportunity for that 24 minutes to perform. And it's, uh, it's tough. But uh, I, I, think, I think Jake's probably about you know, 60% of where he can be right now. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a long ways to go, but he's, uh, he's come so far um, in two short years that I've been with him and it's, uh, it's been incredible. So um, like I said, it's just, I couldn't be more proud of the kid. He's just such a hard worker and gives back and, and does so many good things for so many people that nobody knows about. It's just, it's like I said, it's a lot of fun. And I also like, he, he's definitely officially become a fighter. Cause I think, I think he's already retired twice and come back as <laughs> Yeah, he just he likes to say you know things to, to stir people up, and but I really think he will. He wouldn't he wouldn't have a problem taking a UFC fight. He wouldn't have one if Dana would have accepted the deal and they would have done that. I think he would have jumped in the cage no problem as long as that guy was willing to come in the boxing ring. I think he would have done it. And uh, you know it's just one of those things that they weren't willing to sign off on. But Jake, you know if Jake if Jake says he's going to do it, he's bringing his ass and he's going to do it for sure. So it's one of those situations where if he said he's going to do it, he'll do it. I got a question here. Um, well, what, what direction? Have you heard anything about Chavez Jr. fight? Um, I've heard about it. Yeah, I've heard there's a little bit of a uh, you know a little discussion, but you know Chavez Jr. needs to come back to planet Earth on what <laughs> what his financial demands are. Um, like I said, I mean he's not. I mean he was he was a good champion. He wasn't a great champion. He was very good. Um, he has no name value compared to Jake, even though he's the son of an, of, of Chavez. But he's not. He's not Chavez. There's only one Chavez. And people don't look at him as Chavez, not even close. They don't, like I said, it's like, it, it's not even close um, as far as value what Chavez Jr. brings to the table as Jake. I mean, if he wants to like come back to reality, then, you know, maybe there's a better chance the fight could get made. Um, I don't have a problem with that fight at all. Uh, we can take that no problem. But like I said, it's just probably more business stuff that we need to be worked out. Absolutely. You know, speaking of retirement, you, you look like you're, Doing very well there, so, you know, looking at the background, being in Miami, enjoying yourself. Uh, as, as you're uh, obviously, like we mentioned before, what you've done with Jake inside the ring, has your phone started to ring from some more pro fighters that maybe uh, want to start training with you and your guys? Yeah, it has. But uh, right now, like I said, my main focus is on Jake. Um, Jake has been like my, my project for the last, you know, over two years now. And uh, like, Jake's my number one priority. So um, the phone can ring. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say there's no situation that I would be open to if, if it all worked out with everything else, but Jake's my number one priority. Uh, we've come too far now, and we're actually just getting started to, to scratch the, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg right now. So um, Jake's got a nice two or three years ahead of him. He's going to be very, very, uh, a very dangerous opponent for everybody he fights, and he's going to bring, uh, he's going to move the needle like he always has in his life. So it's uh, one of those situations where, um, and it's not even, a, it's not even a business, it's not even a financial thing. Like it's, it's more of a this kid's part of the family. Um, I want to see him go as far as he possibly can. I want his life. I want his his 
his story to, to go like this. And I feel like uh, I can, I can strongly influence that. And uh, he's got, he, he can do everything else. It's Friday. You're, you're in this nice pad in Miami. What's the weekend looking? What's the weekend looking like? <laughs> Nothing. It's Friday night tonight. I'm actually going to a comedy show tonight at uh, 9 PM with a couple friends. And then after that, I'll just come home. Last night I went to a, a girlfriend's house and chilled out a little bit, uh, relaxed, watched TV. He was home by 11 PM. Uh, tomorrow night, um, I got a buddy coming in town, and we'll, we'll probably, you know, go out for the day and then at nighttime come home. So I'm not really a, a, a night owl anymore. Um, I kind of stay. I like to be, you know, at Whoa. home at nighttime. So nothing really too crazy in Miami. I got a lot of friends that always come to Miami and hit me up. Oh, let's go out, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just not really about that anymore. So um, been, I've been there, done that with South Beach. Huh? Yeah, I've been there, done that, and uh, it's it's a, it's a new phase and a new chapter in my life now. So it's uh, like I said, it's not. It doesn't really. Uh, call my attention anymore have you been indulging in the cuban cuisine down there yeah i have yeah i like cuban food just all the different good cuban uh, plates there are down here but there's some also some really good ones in puerto rico where we've been living at the chorasco um the chimichurri all the different states with all the different types of uh all the different types of rice and everything it's been amazing so um i really like being out here i'm very comfortable out here i enjoy it and uh Miami's uh, Miami's looking real good with Puerto Rico being only two hours away. So I'm back and forth living in both now. And Puerto Rico feels like home. Miami feels like home. They both feel great. And uh, whatever I got to do to make sure I'm in the right position at the right time to, uh, uh, you know, make sure we get where we got to go. My guy, Matthew Benalil, who lives down there, said that there's some local fights uh, down there on Saturday okay. down in Miami. Signature punch. Sig- uh, Matt, if you, we got two more minutes, if you can uh, get us up, get us get it on the screen in the next couple of minutes, let us know. But so, so, so that's good. So BJ Flores, he's uh, doing well retirement. Uh, we just got a great comment from uh, KOTR about uh, the tremendous work that you've done with Jake Paul. So Thank you. a lot of a, a, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people say a lot of people uh, are noticing uh, what you do, and I think that the training, uh, the, the training thing, you may have a big future. And and obviously, it's great to have a nice high profile, uh, high profile client to work with first. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be chart, charting your progress along the way. You know, Mark. One thing I was watching a rerun today with Brian Campbell from Showtime said about Jake. He's like, look, man. The finish before the fight it was it was rough. It was some murky waters for Jake, but the way he finished him, the way he was continually taunting and feigning and looking down and coming up, and you know that was a very professional thing that he's doing. He's not just going in there swinging punches from his from his waist. And uh, you know I'm glad Brian notices that kind of stuff because we constantly work on that in camp, looking down, going up, taunting, getting guys to pull their defense away from their face, and and Jake just being the athlete he is, just knowing how to capitalize. And um, you know it's just. Uh, it's just it's, it's it's a lot of fun to watch and uh, people you know talking about you know my training with Jake or whatever else like this kid works his ass off man this kid's got the talent this kid's got the nuts and bolts he's a very strong kid he's a very athletic kid he does everything that we tell him to do we have a very good team around him um, a lot of good people um, you know besides myself uh, strength and conditioning coach excellent um, you know uh, a guy who stretches him out and makes sure he's limber and he never has any injuries excellent. Um, guy who wraps his hands and does a tremendous job with them. Jake never has any hand problems. Excellent. There's so many good parts to our team um, and good training partners and good sparring partners that just make it um, a very easy environment for Jake to, uh, you know, to thrive. And uh, that's what I wanted to put in place around him. Experienced guys that have been around, guys who, who know what's up, guys who can motivate him the right way. And there's just a lot of good members of this team. And it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, there you have it. The the future trainer of the year, uh, BJ Flores. Uh, 
you know, so we'll, we'll expect to see you in New York uh, getting that award at some point uh, in the near future. We thank you for a few minutes of your time. We did 35 minutes. I felt like we just started here. So uh, enjoy your, enjoy that. If I, if I was there, I would just be looking out the window all day. I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah, they, yeah, take us there really quick. Take a peek. Hold on. Let's go over here. It's supposed to be 28 degrees in Philly tomorrow. So I just want to see see what's see, see what's going going on there. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We need the guy from Cribs here to, to kind of do, oh wow. Oh, so you're high up. What, what what floor are you on? I'm on the 81st floor. 81st? 81st, buddy. Oh my God. Look at look look at that. How many people out there watching that would want to be on one of those boats right now? Count me as one of them. <laughs> well, well, hold on. I think we may have gotten uh where the fights uh uh uh, he wants to come on, but we're wrapping up. So yeah. uh, I will uh, talk to you soon, BJ. And uh, we'll, you know, best of luck. And we'll talk to you in a few, in a, you know, a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll bring you back, Thanks, back down to fights. Bye bye. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh